Greg and Fiona here and welcome to this episode of your Live a Laptop Lifestyle Podcast Series and welcome to part two of Fall in Love with Technology. Now the only blogging software that we use is WordPress and we use WordPress.org so that's actually downloading WordPress onto your website. It's not actually using the free um, online version which is WordPress.com. The reason being is that you need to have your own website if you're a proper business and it is actually the choice of most online businesses and it's used by over 25 million people um, for three key reasons. First of all it's free, secondly Google loves it and thirdly it's super easy to use. Now WordPress started off life as blogging software but it's used by so many people that it's involved into a complete website creation tool so it allows you to create almost any type of, of website and it's free because it's open source, what's called open source so that means that hundreds of programmers around the world have contributed to its development and also its growth its growth which you know it's something that's quite um, common in the internet digital age so Google loves WordPress because blogs provide relevant information to Google's users and that's all that Google's worried about is their users getting relevant information. So Google ranks websites and blogs built with WordPress higher in the search ranking than sites that aren't constructed with WordPress. And when you've got a web, uh, website, you want to be ranked as high as possible. So when people search for relevant information on your website, then you want your site to show up near the top of the listing so that people searching are going to click through to your blog. And it's easy to use because you don't need to understand or even be able to code in HTML, which, um, if you're a bit dim like me, it stands for Hypertext Markup Language, which is the basic building blocks of web pages and websites. But you really don't even need to know that, honestly. So you don't need to know how to program or don't need to know anything about HTML or how web browsers read those HTML documents and compose them into visual or um, even audible web pages. So WordPress is like Word, Microsoft Word or Microsoft Excel or any other software program that you've learned to use. It's very straightforward to use um, when you're shown the right way. But of course, someone, as I said, will need to show you how to do it the first time as with any software package. So for the moment, you simply need to know that there is a simple website creation tool out there and that you can learn how to use it very effectively. Now, you know that it's, you probably know that it's easy to build a website and you also need to know something about people's buying behavior as well. But in general, when someone visits your website, they're not going to make an instant decision to buy anything from you. But if you can stay in touch with them and provide them with valuable information and talk about the benefits of your product, then they're going to be much more warmed up and they're going to want to buy from you eventually. Um, because it's been proven that people generally don't make instant buying decisions. It takes on average about seven touches or contacts before someone's going to be familiar enough with you to want to buy from you. So you need to build up some trust with your prospective customers before they'll be inclined to buy from you. And to do that, you need to either get that same prospective customer back to your website six more times, and believe me, that is really, really tricky, and if you're doing that, then it's a very long-winded way to do it, and it'll probably cost you a lot of money. Or else you can use email marketing to send them relevant messages so that they're 
repeatedly reminded of your site and your offer, so at least six more times. So you need to have a way to automatically send out bulk emails to people once you've first made contact with them and once they've given you their email address in return for a valuable free product or valuable information. And that's done with what's known as an autoresponder software or an autoresponder database, sometimes I call it. Now, autoresponder is software that automatically sends out a sequence of emails that you've pre-written irrespective of when a prospective customer gives you their email address. Now, I didn't understand why we couldn't just use our existing personal Yahoo email account to send out emails to our prospective customers when we first started, but I since learned that it would have been a manual logistical nightmare to send out various emails to, to pr prospective customers you know, on different days. Uh and also because autoresponder software is recognized by most internet service providers, the messages won't be treated as spam or sent to people's email trash bin. Whereas if you think about sending 10,000 emails from a Yahoo account, you're going to get that shut down um, straight away. So another bonus of an autoresponder is it also stores all your leads or your contacts or your prospective customers, all the same thing, all in one place, which is in the database. And because follow-up Follow-up emails can be personable and chatty. It's a really good way to keep in touch with your prospective customer and to build to get them to build trust with you. So your autoresponder list is the biggest asset that you have in an online business. Now, there's no visual difference between a personal email address and a business email address. The big difference lies with the enhanced functionality of the autoresponder software that you don't get in a personal email platform like Yahoo or, or Hotmail or Google uh, Gmail or Outlook or anything like that. So those those kind of accounts, Gmail, Hotmail, all those, they can be hacked pretty easily. Um, we don't know how to do it, but we know plenty of people that have had it happen. And um, so passwords need to be changed regularly, but we've never heard of anyone having their autoresponder account hacked. So it's added security and protecting your business list as well. Now, there's a popular online expression um, the money is in the list. But the truth is that the money is in the relationship you build with your list because you have the chance to build rapport and friendship via email with someone who's given you their email address. Now the idea is that some of the people on your list will eventually buy from you and some that buy once will go on and buy again and again. So those people will become your number one raving fans. And the most popular autoresponder on the market, um, one that we've been using for a very long time, is Aweber. Um, and that's that, that's um, still has a one-month trial for $1. They've had that one-month trial running for the last five or six years. Mm -hmm. um, so you get the value of it for virtually nothing, but there's no point signing up for that trial until you're ready to use it. So you need to have your website set up and have some emails ready to go and everything like that as well. And the nice thing about Aweber is they have 24-7 um, live chat support, so their support is, is excellent. Their delivery rates are excellent, and um, they're, they're, they're just uh, always protective of the service to ensure overall delivery rates for all people that use them. So um, from our perspectives, we love that point too. 
Now, as we're talking about automated tools for just about everything, we also need to mention social media as well. Social media is essential for an online business, and it's mainly to build relationships with prospective customers and to get brand awareness out there as well. So it's another avenue for you to get business from, and it also helps you come across as a real person. We'll talk much more about social media um, in another in a future pod- podcast. But we just brought it up here in case you've got any negative views about using um, social media like Twitter and Facebook, because just like staying in touch with your prospective buyers when we mention something repeatedly, we do that for a reason, and that's just to make a point. So Twitter and Facebook are essential tools for any online business. Now, the good news is that there are lots of software that automate adding friends um, and adding followers on Twitter in particular, Um, gathering friends on YouTube and even posting your information and comments on all of these platforms. Um, Wouldn't recommend using software to add friends on Facebook um, just because Facebook are quite edgy like that and they'll get you shut down. Even software for adding followers on Twitter, um, you need to go at it slowly and consistently to look like a normal person. Um, But it is just heartening to know that you don't have to do all of that manual repetitive work yourself. And contrary to what all the hyped up, glossy, compelling sales pages claim, remember there are no push button solutions to get rich quick overnight. So there is no big red button hiding out there on the internet. Not one we're going to tell you about anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So there's nothing that you can just switch your business onto autopilot, irrespective of what you read online. But there are plenty of tools to help you automate just about every part of your online business. So remember, however, that none of them are a magic bullet to make your business run at the press of a button. Believe us, we've tried quite a few. And if you think about automation software, it's a bit like drilling holes. And I guess this is more for the guys, but ladies will probably understand this as well. So just imagine you brought a brand new drill from the hardware store and you can't wait to get home. Rip open the package, play with your new toy, put it into action just by drilling heaps of holes everywhere. But just like automation software, you can drill as many holes as you like. But if you don't know what you're going to put in those holes, they're pretty well useless. So if you don't have a specific targeted need for automation software, it's going to be a wasted investment. And another um, resource that we will suggest to overcome um, technological hurdles is that you can outsource technical stuff. So in this last area that we want to um, cover in this podcast um, to to help overcome any any technophobia is the ability to outsource technical stuff. And what we mean is things like building websites, editing videos, designing graphics and logos, handling email responses and providing customer service and support. In fact, you should outsource anything that is repetitive and needs to be and, need, and needs does need to be doing, but which is not a money-making activity. If you remember, um, we mentioned pre- in a previous podcast the Pareto Principle, or AKA the 80-20 rule, you need to spend 80% of your time on those money-making activities. So those are things that you really can't outsource. You need to take responsibility for them yourself. And you might have a big picture 
sort of connotations attached to the word outsourcing. You might think of big corporations like BT or Virgin Media or, or whatever outsourcing their call centers to India. But we're talking about the exact same principle but on a much smaller scale. So given how widespread and accessible the internet is, you've now got the life-changing prospect to hire someone on the other side of the planet to do most of most online jobs for you at very reasonable rates. That includes all the techie stuff that you may not have any idea how to implement. So no matter what your technical problem is, there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands, of people somewhere on the internet who know how to do the task backwards. There'll also be millions more people who have made the exact same request that you need to make. So when you've got a technical problem, you're not alone, you're not unique. Someone else has had that problem um, previously as well and the easiest way to find reputable outsources is to search on some of the websites that are set up to um, rate and grade outsources and hire um, hirers as well um, a lot of these sites have been established for quite a long time and they've also grown a reputation for their feedback ratings and their reliability however you always need to bear in mind that different hirers will always have had different limitations and different expectations when interpreting the when you interpret the feedback you see on these sites, because you never know if those expectations were explicitly expressed to the contractor or not. So take so take ratings with a grain of salt. But if someone's got consistently good ratings, then they're probably consistently good. If they've got consistently bad ratings, then they're probably consistently bad. Yeah. So one excellent site we've used is odesk.com. So that's just o d e s k dot com. Now, ODES selects professionals based on their work history, based on their portfolio of work, their feedback ratings, and also their test scores. So, so, they, so they actually have lots of tests people, people qualify for on their platform. So they might have a WordPress test that someone's passed. And, and there's an English, all sorts of English language tests yeah. as well. And, you know, and, um, you know, is it comparability? No, what's the word I'm trying to say? Com- com- <laughs> Compatibility? No, just that they can that that, that they understand. You know, comprehensive, oh, comprehensive, comprehensive yeah, tests. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that you can hire a contractor once, or you can hire them many times, and you can even build a team of contractors. You know, around the world. And with Odesk, you only pay for the verifiable time worked by the contractor. So they have a unique di- work diary and uh, um, a unique screen capture system so you can actually see what your contractor is working on at any given time because ODESC covers a large range of services from virtual assistants to website developers to computer programmers and it's a great source of reliable people to do techie stuff for you as well as to do the repetitive stuff for you. So go and have a look at odesk.com and we're sure that you'll breathe a sigh of relief. Now, some other top sites that are also well worth looking at, um, elance.com, so that's E-L-A-N-C-E.com. It's very similar to Odesk and that's actually got a lot of US-based freelancers, so their prices are a bit more expensive. But if you want things like article articles written, they, you know that, it, that you're dealing with people where English is their first language. Uh, workaholics for forhire.com so it's workaholics number four hire.com it's run by sylvie fortin that's one of the experts that we've interviewed in one of our products and it's um, provides support services to entrepreneurial web-based business owners that work from home fiverr.com you've probably heard of that it's it's f-i-v-e-r-r.com 
that's um, the place where people share things they're willing to do for five bucks or five dollars. So five, five is term, terminology for a job or a service as a gig, and everything costs five US dollars. And they do have add-ons that you can request um, for you know for ten dollars, twenty dollars to get faster service and things like that. But everything starts at five dollars. Yeah, one thing you do need to be wary of on Fiverr is that um, the contractors there have that have been there for a long time and built up good portfolios. Um, they know how to work the system, so they might just say, you know, they'll offer you to do an ebook cover for five dollars, say. Um, but then there's all sorts of extras on top that if you want a quick turnaround in 24 hours, it's another five dollars. And if you want the, um, uh, you know, the Photoshop files, the photo, Adobe Photoshop files for the e-cover, then it's another five dollars. So. Um, they're quite savvy and the, the cost quickly ramps up. But even if you get um, a wonderful 3D graphical image done, for example, for even say $20, and it um, suits your purposes and it solves a problem, then as far as we're concerned, that's money well spent. But do bear in mind um, that there are all sorts of easy um, graphics softwares out there. We promote one ourselves called Graphics Creator um, that can do that type of task for you if you know that you're going to need graphics repeatedly. So just um, Fiverr, Fiverr.com is um, awesome to get, uh, you know, um, small repeat, repeated jobs done. But um, just bear in mind that there is also some savvy providers there. And the, another couple is 10bucks.com. So that's T-E-N-B-U-X.com. That's exactly the same as Fiverr, but gigs cost $5 or $10.00. And also gigbucks.com, so that's G-I-G-B-U-X.com. Um, their gigs can be $5, $10, 20 so it involves bigger, more involved jobs in Fiverr. And yeah. you'll probably find the same contractors on all of these platforms, um, but of course if they're doing the same job, you know, they'll prefer to get it on gigbucks or 10 bucks because they're getting paid more, but it will still be the same service. So our advice is just shop around. Yeah, so, get the, so use these um, outsourcing sites to get things done like banner graphics done on your website so think the the sites like five or ten bucks gig bucks use those um, getting um, so getting graphics and things done they're good for that odisk and workaholics for hire they're great for bigger jobs like getting a website built or getting a programming script written um, or hiring a virtual personal assistant um, so we, we actually hired a person to, to transcribe some audios of interviews that we'd done and it took 36 hours to complete them um, but we were paying something like three dollars an hour for that so yeah, it's just awesome. an enormous um, saving for us so a hundred dollars how much is your hourly rate worth well, well ours is certainly um, over 36 hours it's certainly worth more than three dollars an hour um, and we'd never would never hired a transcriptionist before or or an outsourcer at all so we didn't know what skills to look for and um, what to put in our job specification. So what did we do? We just looked at everyone else's specifications for, for identical jobs on, o, um, on ODISC and we modified ours to suit, suit that. And there's no harm in doing that. Um, in fact, it's another example of leveraging other people. So it only took five to 10 minutes to review other specs on ODISC, um, which are public information easily available so it's not a tricky exercise but it's time well spent and it's essential that you tell your outsourcers exactly what you want done step by step otherwise they'll try and second guess you 
And that inevitably means that you won't end up with what you think you asked for. Yeah, and that especially goes for graphics. If you don't know what you've got in mind, you'll you'll have something come back that's completely not what you wanted. So you do need to really... Um, the outsourcers are best for step-by-step stuff. Um, even doing a video for them is still going to save you time or creating a document. Um, graphics, you need to have a really good idea of what you want done. Um, unless they're a really good designer, they're probably someone that's just w- learned Photoshop or something like that, and they'll just slap something together and it becomes quite difficult. Yes, we did um, have a, a bit of a bad experience when getting yeah. a product bundle done for our Facebook training product. You know, I described it to the T. However, what came back was... Um, five-year-old stuff just awful (laughs) yeah so it's really critical for the success of any any little project that you've got to copy the detailed specifications made by other hirers on similar contracts and they're available they're publicly available as Fiona said Um, so just make sure that you that you do that so if you're if you're harboring any negative feelings about outsourcing people from poorer nations you need to overcome that Um, At the end of the day, you're providing employment to someone. Their economy dictates their pay rates, um, and they might not find employment in their own um, country. And the other good thing is that that contractor also gets to work from home as well. So you're going to be paying market rates for that country's economy, so it's going to be good money for the skills that that contractor is supplying. And just think what would happen if everyone paid overseas contractors equivalent US dollars rates. That's going to create a huge divide in their home economy and that's going to lead to inflation. We're not economists, but that's probably what would happen, making the poorer people even poorer. So you can control exactly who you hire and the environment they're working in so you can handle your own concerns surrounding their welfare in that respect. The key thing you need to remember is you're in business and you need to manage your own costs. So, where do most outsourcers come from? Well, some are in the US and some are in Russia and the former Soviet Union countries, but most are from the Philippines and India. And given that English is not their first first language of most contractors, you will find a varying range of English skill levels spoken and written. We've used, however, some outsourcers from the Philippines, and they have excellent English. Now, there are a high number of outsourcers who have university degrees, but so they must resort to contracting as outsourcers due to the high levels of unemployment in their own countries. So should you decide to hire a virtual assistant at some, some stage, or maybe a webmaster, then you should always start off by getting the contractor to work on a small job first before you commit to anything larger. So it's kind of like taking a test drive, I suppose. So you do need to get an indication of their prominent skill, their language skills, their dedication, and their timeliness before you hire them on a much bigger job. And finally, and we know that you don't need to tell you this, but you always need to treat your outsourcer like a real person, not just like some machine or number at the end of the internet because all people like to be treated like real people and you're going to get much better results in the long run so looking to the future once you've set up your business and it's ticking along smoothly you can then consider outsourcing you'd never be able to outsource your whole business but you can certainly outsource large chunks of it but first of all you have to know how the actual processes run 
in your business and then you can start documenting each um, process and then pass that on to your contractors. So that way you can outsource big chunks of your business as it develops. So for example, getting a virtual assistant to post videos to YouTube or to syndicate your videos um, all around the internet. Also, if you've got willing and able kids, there's a bunch of outsourcers you've got already. <laughs> and they're usually a lot better at technology and that, so that kind of incentivizes them to do some of that stuff for you. So. So try to create systems, this is essential for a business. If you can create systems for all aspects of your business, then you can start outsourcing the process to someone who's got more time than you, but it's gonna cost you, um, cost much less than your own time. And again, that's just following the 80-20 rule. Now, one final thing we'd like to share is if you're thinking that all this systemizing sounds like a lot of hard work, well, there's good news because you can even buy online courses for very little cost that provide instructions to your outsourcers on how to carry out a particular system or process as well, which is pretty great, we're sure you agree. Now, that's the power of the internet at its best. For example, um, you could buy a course on how to create websites, um, and a great example happens to be our second product, livealaptoplifestyle.com. Then you can hand that course directly to your outsourcers that you've chosen, um, and you know, and they'll be able to follow the training and do the job for you. And then you can focus on focus your time on the money end of your business. So you know the options available to help you with any technical or repetitive aspects of your business. So you just need to outsource whatever um, problems you've got, and that's gonna allow you to overcome any slight technophobic tendencies you might have had, and that's just one less excuse to stop you from starting a thriving online empire.